Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. is no secret that my top manifesting hack is my daily use of subliminal audios. I mean, mostly because I'm lazy and I get to manifest in my sleep. What a goddamn dream. Who wouldn't love it? Subliminal messaging has been around for years. The Guardian published an article back in 2007 stating that scientists have found that subliminal messages leave a mark on the brain. And that's why everyone from Apple to Coca-Cola have infamously used it in their advertising campaigns. Subliminal stimuli are any sensory stimuli below a person's threshold for conscious perception, i.e. you think you're just listening to a relaxing piece of music, but boom, there are hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of powerful statements and affirmations beneath the music that you can't hear with your conscious brain. These affirmations can have distinct impacts on people's thoughts and behaviour. Choose from a range including perfect health, wealth and success, beauty and confidence, fertility, weight loss, meet your soulmate, peaceful and present parent, happy kids and so much more. Easily download onto your phone or live stream when exercising, cooking dinner, in the bath or my personal favourite as you go to sleep as part of your daily mindset practice. Go to francescaamber.com to get yours. Welcome to Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I'm Francesca, your host with the most amazing guest today. I had so many of my listeners send me her story that's pretty much gone viral on Instagram. And I was like, as soon as I heard it, I thought she has to come on the show. You will know her from the TV show, The Baby Makers. Um, she is owner of the Pello Dolls and Voodoo's Hair. And best of all, she is the owner of the most incredible Law of Attraction story. It's Denise Phillips. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be on here today. We are very delighted to have you. Do you know, so many people message me saying, you need this lady on your podcast. You need her. That's so kind. That is so, so kind. I, I'm honoured that anyone would even think of me. To It's such a nice feeling, that is. Thank you so much to anybody who sent in my name. Well, actually, it's a bit of a weird law of attraction story as well, because... I DM'd you as soon as I saw your story, I DM'd you. And I'm sure I like to think that it got lost in the thousands of DMs that you must have got that day. 
And I was like, oh man, she didn't reply. And then randomly, I don't know who Orla is. She must be one of my listeners, but she obviously knows you. And she sends me an email with both of us on. And she's like, I think you two should connect. And I'm like, this is the fucking law of attraction. Like it just came into my lap. How bizarre is that? Yeah, it's amazing. It is so, I think women are great though. Women are great for connecting each other. Like the law of attraction, 100%. But I think women are really good. They're like, this could benefit so many others. I benefit and they share, they constantly, I've seen that so much the last few weeks. Women are so kind to each other's stories and journey. It actually blow your mind. Yeah. It is. It's wonderful. And we're smashing the patriarchy one step at a time. (laughs) Yeah. So let us tell us in case people don't know. And the thing is, guys, if you're listening to this thinking, oh, fertility, I don't want a baby. This isn't for me. Listen the fuck up. Because the way that (laughs) Denise has worked the law of attraction and the way that she's manifested, you can apply this to anything in your life. You could apply this to your dream career. You could apply this to meeting your soulmate. It could work for anything. But this is about fertility. So to give us some background for you, tell us, just list for us, because I've seen this list. It's incredible. Something like nine rounds of IVF. Give us the list of things that basically doctors just declared you completely infertile. Yeah. So I basically, I've defied science as such. I didn't ovulate. So I didn't have a period in over 10 years. So the minute I came off the pill from from a young age, um, I never actually ovulated naturally. So the minute the pill was finished, um, I just I didn't have a period and it was unexplained. I went from public hospital, you know, for kind of the guts of two to three years and then obviously had to take it a bit, a bit further and started to go to private clinics and still no one had real answers. So no matter what time of the month the doctor scanned my womb, it would look the same. So the 1st of March, the 14th of March and the 25th of March my eggs would only grow to about three. There was eggs there and my lining was not, not, not point one. So basically there was nothing really going on there. It was like a hollow cell. Right. Um, without drugs, they couldn't, my, my eggs would not grow. So when you go through IVF, they put your body into a menopausal state. They completely shut down your body and reboot it with drugs, controlled drugs, so that they can control what's happening. So I've done rounds of IUI, which is basically the same as IVF, only for you get a trigger injection and and you either inject the sperm or have sex with your partner. Mm-hmm. And then that fails. Normally, they do that for under 30s. I was young, you know, I was 26, 27, 28, so... I had time. I was very lucky. Um, Then they all failed and we move on to IVF. So Beth was number round nine. Now, even with the drugs and with the doctors in the best clinics in Ireland, my my ratio was very low. So, for instance, on Beth's cycle, there was 40 eggs. Six survived with marked sperm, like fertilized with marked sperm, and one lasted till day five. And I was overstimulated, so I had to be popped into the freezer. Then they had to get my womb re-ready. The embryo has to come back out, defrost, and then get implanted. So on Beth's cycle, she was the only surviving embryo. 
Wow. Out of how many did you say? 60? So I, I had 40 eggs. Jesus. So, yeah, 40 eggs. A lot of the time, because my drug dosage was so high, I would overstimulate. Right. So lots of women would get between 16, 16 and 40 eggs. Um, and lots of women would, they could get like 10 embryos fertilizing, you know, like, but my ratio was very low. So on Beth cycle, she was the only survivor and she had to be frozen, which again is another little hit, another little hurdle, another big hurdle. And um, I then done a cycle when Beth was about 18 months. It's grade A transfer on television, failed. Perfect implantation. Um, yeah, failed. And then I did a full round after that again, which I was so sick because of the drugs. So it was cancelled. So all in all, I did 11 rounds of drugs for IVF. Jesus. And yeah. how many years has, have you pretty much been on drugs for IVF for yeah. years? Yeah. So like because I didn't have a period, I could literally go back to back on my cycles. So... Right. I'd finish a fail and I'd be like before Beth. I'd finish a fail. I'd be like, say I done an IUI. I'd finish it, fail. Three weeks later, I'd go again. Whereas some women have to obviously wait till they have a period and a bleed and stuff like that. But I didn't have to. I didn't even have a period after I gave birth. Like after I'd finished breastfeeding, I didn't even have a period. Like that's incredible. So, I used to actually kind of say in the last two years, and I'm so lucky that I don't have a period. You've got to be grateful. You've got to be Absolutely. Grateful. <laughs> Turn that kind upside down. But yeah. I heard something you said that I had never even thought of. I was listening to the other podcast that you've done and saying about the financial burden of it, where, you know, you like you say, you were like a 26-year-old girl and a lot of your friends were sort of going on luxurious holidays and buying designer handbags and getting bigger houses. And you are basically working to fucking pay for what oh, other people yeah. just take for granted and just get for free. That must be so soul destroying to, and to be doing that for so many years as well with no result well you obviously have Beth but for so many yeah. years with no results how soul destroying so like I always say to people like that's what I'm saying like this isn't just for fertility this is for your journey you become your journey so whatever your mission is you're just consumed by it and it becomes your whole life with with a baby it's a little bit different because Paying for a baby isn't what we've grown up to see or believe is the correct thing to do. I mean, people don't really have an issue with adoption, money changing hands, with surrogacy and all. But when it comes to IVF, the woman herself, from my point of view, from me speaking from my heart, I found that difficult. I was working to save for my baby, to try and have my baby. And money was running out. We were both working two jobs, literally passing each other in the hall. There was no intimacy in our relationship. Our married life was a ball of finance, looking for the next 150 euros for a scan, you know, living on the edge. It was not fun. It was a hard time. 
I'm very it's happy. actually probably a miracle that you guys are still together after all this time because most absolutely. people absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but you know you become so consumed in the journey that you forget that there's others involved in this journey so you forget about your mom and your sister and your husband or your partner you forget about your friends there's lots of other people consumed in your journey whatever that journey is sometimes we overlook and don't take into account the people that were actually hurting around us while we're trying to achieve our goals and our successes the people that are there at the end of it truest when you're failing like if you're on a weight loss journey and you're sabotaging yourself it's the people around you they're the they're on that weight loss journey with you they're surviving this weight loss journey that battle with you when you're having your meltdowns when you're having your um you know when you're trying to get back up to start again when you're not answering your phone when you're in denial when you're in grief there's lots of we we become consumed in our journey so much so that we become self-centered and forget that there's other people involved in this journey. I did not care if Mark didn't stay with me once I had my baby. I didn't care for his feelings. I felt like this is my body I'm doing this to. I'm injecting myself three, four, five times a day. My life is nine o'clock injections, 11 o'clock meds, four o'clock in certain gel up my vagina. You haven't a clue what I'm going through. How dare you feel hurt? How dare you feel like you have a feeling through this journey? This is my body. This is my hurt. If I, it's up to me to get the money together. You know, like obviously you're doing it together, but if I'm in that clinic and they say, you need to be scanned in two days, it's, I'm getting that money to be scanned in two days. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a like, you become your journey. Mm. And, it, yeah. and I've seen that a lot on Instagram, actually. So I've done an episode about fertility before and I've have to tread very carefully because I have polycystic ovaries and that's the reason. So when I first found out that I got married, I came off the pill and I didn't have a period for nearly a year. And I was like, this is weird. Went to the doctors, turns out I had polycystic ovaries. And luckily with that, for a lot of people, diet, all that kind of stuff, positive thinking, it was fine. Um, but I felt like I could never really speak too much. Although I feel like mindset has such a big part of especially unexplained infertility. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like I could never really say too much because it's not my journey. I've not been on it, but as part of my research, I looked on Instagram, a lot of like the IVF community and a lot of the IVF community follow me, um, follow the podcast. Um, and I do find a lot of them, it's their identity. It is their Mm. absolute identity. And I think on one hand, how incredible that such a lonely journey doing that 20, 30 years ago, you would have been on your own. You might have found one Mm. local woman, maybe if you were lucky. And now how incredible that you get to have this community. But on the other hand, I think there's a danger point where your, um, your, your, what's it called? Your Instagram handle is IVF warrior. 32 or something and that becomes who you are because as we know with the law of attraction you give yourself that label you'll be an IVF warrior your whole fucking life and that's what I try to delicately say to people whilst acknowledging that I don't know their journey be careful not to label yourself and for that to become separate 
every part of your journey from yourself. So I think this year has taught us that. I mean, so just say, for example, I'm a hairdresser. This year I wasn't. Yeah. So if you're dependent on your label to give yourself an ego or to make yourself feel superior, you're going to fall at some stage. Coronavirus is going to hit and you're going to be out of work and you're not going to be a hairdresser anymore. Also, the label of a mother. I mean, your label of, as a mother changes throughout your child's journey. Like the mother that I am today isn't the mother that I was three years ago, isn't the mother that I'm going to probably be when Beth is 15. So I think it's really important to keep your your identity um, and then your label separate so that if somebody takes that label from you, you're going to be okay. It's so interesting you say that because just recently I've been just walking around loving my life and I'm like, life is fucking great. And I think that's because I'm doing my dream job, like number one podcast in the UK. I never, I'm the same as you. I have a salon and obviously during lockdown, it, it's been closed for a year. We've now opened and it's, it's dead. Um, and I'm now doing my dream job. And I thought, I wonder if I'm just feeling so great because I'm now doing my dream job. But I look back to a year ago and I had that same self-confidence and I was doing something that wasn't my dream job. And it's like, I think Mm -hmm. it's like you say, it's not any kind of label. It's not because I'm a mother. It's not because I drive a certain car. It's not because I have a certain job. It's just, I'm so happy and accept myself just as I am. And so what a fucking lesson for us all. Definitely, without a doubt. But I think it's easy to say that when you're the other side of it. But when you're in that journey and you're that person, it's very hard no matter what the journey is. So it's very hard if you're if you're like, so I had Beth. I was still sad. I was still the label. I was still the IVF warrior. So I didn't just have Beth and be fixed. You're not going to get to your um, ideal job and be fixed. You're not going to get to your ideal weight and be fixed. It's much deeper than that then that's just a bonus. So I had Beth, she was 18 months old, and I'm there chasing for baby number two. I have successful salons. I have an amazing brand. Now, not at this stage, but my salon, say at this stage, my salon was very successful. Beautiful home, beautiful car, travels, all that kind of stuff. And there's me searching, searching for this other baby, searching to fix myself from this fertility journey, constantly wanting the nicest handbag, all these kind of things. And I, I wasn't actually being still and realizing where I where I'd came from, where I'd reached the journey of my growth. I hadn't realized any of that. It is actually only in the last 18 months that I went, oh my God, stop. Just stop for a minute. Like stop, realize what you have right in front of you and enjoy it. Like, so I was going to ask you that. So after the birth of Beth, how many more rounds of IVF and how many more years of trying was it before you decided it was COVID, wasn't it, that stopped your journey? So what was that? So January, a year and a half ago, yeah, January, a year and a half ago, I was ready for the last frozen embryo. It's up there. I had decided that we wouldn't do a full round of IVF again because like that, you know, you're a bit cuckoo. So I said, let's go with the frozen embryo. All I did was get my womb ready. And in January, um, my second salon in Dublin, 
um, financial bill of return and I needed to be there. I chose to be there for eight to 12 weeks. So I said, look at head down, eight to 12 weeks, I need to be in that Dublin salon with the team. But that's what I'd done. Um, I was all set to go, um, had my protocol, my mock round of drugs, everything, first week in March, second week in March, clinic rang me, oh, we have to do your consultation over the Zoom. Now at this stage, the clinic know me off by heart. My doctor, she amazing. Like, he said, yeah, no problem. Then steroid drugs were taken from the Irish market. They weren't administrating them. COVID hit. They weren't, yeah. And I said, look at Denise, we'll just have to leave your cycle. Cancel it until we know more. Fine. All set to go in the summer. Fractured my arm. And they said to me, you're going to need physio for kind of four to six weeks. And if the arm doesn't fix, we're going to have to operate. So you can't go ahead with your cycle. Because if we have to operate, you know, you're not going to be able to. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So summer came. Um, we were in lockdown. And I, this is when I really started listening deep. Now, I am a positive person. And I was a very determined person since I'm a child. I was all, I'm always positive, always optimistic. Every single round of IVF I'd done, I believed I was pregnant. I stood there and believed in myself. Believe, I used to stand in front of the mirror saying, you are pregnant. You know, I, I was very, very positive. But a turning point happened when I started becoming aware of my reactions to situations. And my, you know, the, the defense of Denise was now starting to be broken down. I was listening to podcasts about stuff and you know when you're kind of like preaching things but you're actually not living them you're actually oh, yes. not yeah <laughs> so you're saying like these are the five steps to be positive but you're saying them but you're not actually living them so I started to see all my faults I started to see you know if Mark done something ridiculously stupid and I went mental I'd be like why are you reacting why is this annoying you so much why are you screaming that the bins weren't taken out like I mean just that's I'm just giving you a simple reaction but just different things like stop being defensive about you know if somebody said something in work I'm like Denise you're not Pello Pello is your salon and your business so when someone's coming to tell you that they can't work these certain hours. It's not personal to you. It's the business. Separate it. Like learn to separate these things. So when somebody says to you something nasty, hurt people hurt. And I started to learn that things weren't directed at you individually. And I think when your mindset starts to change, you have much more compassion for people and you have much more gratitude for what you do have. And that I started really zoning in and one book kind of led to another and I really worked on myself and my daughter. I started yoga. I was the one that was like, meditation? No, couldn't be doing meditation. They're, they're mad jokes, like seriously. But I read a book and he said, meditation is not turning off. If you turn your brain completely off, you're dead. What meditation is, is learning to get back the focus so when your mind gives you negative thoughts or or when something happens traumatic to you to learn to deal with the feeling not put too much focus on it for too long and bring yourself back to nice things 
Now, I don't mean that if something really traumatic happened to you, I just mean day-to-day things where we can spend our days dwelling on, like, as in, that failed IVF is after happening. Um, So I'm going to spend my day or my two days or my week feeling really down and feeling all the emotions, but I need to, at some point, have a plan of action put into place, whether it's another round of IVF or whether it's to take a break or whether it's to research, you know, fostering or adoption or like, you know, your your goal doesn't have to be one tracked. So if you're trying to get to a goal, don't be afraid to change it. Like we went and looked at adoption. We were on the second round. Like if things are getting too hard in a certain journey, you can reassess that journey and still have the end goal. Like a man can be, my goal was always to be a man, but a man doesn't mean that you have to give birth to a child. A man doesn't mean that you have to have a human being to be looking after. There's lots of different, you know, ways and goals and stuff. I think that's that. We just recently did the book Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. And it was really interesting. She said that you should just surrender your desire and rather than trying to control it and there's all these different types of manifestors you can be which for the 10 years that I've been practicing the law of attraction I never realized that I'm a very controlling manic manifester so I think a lot of people know my manifesting stories because I've manifested very specific things but actually she says that's not always the right thing exactly what you're saying is surrender and let go of the how like let go of the outcome and just know what you want know the feeling that you want but how you get there kind of let go of it which I think is very difficult for people to do but once you've mastered it or once you even start to get there it's definitely a different feeling isn't it of like you say just focusing on what you already have focusing on your gratitude um because you're already blessed with so much and then of course more comes we'll be back after a quick break hi this is Ross the host of smells like humans each week we talk about the curious things that people do Fans say it's like hanging out with your funny friends. If you like lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and a hint of psychology, chances are we are discussing something relevant to you. Like relationships, dreams, phobias, weddings, work, cults, a hundred topics and counting. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please click the link in the show notes. Yeah, I think it's really difficult for IVF. And people say to me, like, Denise, you can't manifest a baby if you're secondary infertility or if you've unexplained infertility. And you're right, you can't. But what you can do is prep your mind to be in a state that can take failures and that can take knocks and that can not consume you as much. That's what you can do. So when the fails come, that you know, like they're horrendous. Anyone who's lost a baby, even without struggling with fertility, it is so traumatic. It's such a lonely experience because at that time, it's your body, it's your loss. And when you're doing IVF, if you've had an embryo transferred, that is a pregnancy. It's just your body might have, mightn't have held on to it. So when you're talking about babies and women, deep inside us when we lose a baby it takes a little piece or a big piece of us 
that isn't always easy and it's always there. So I understand when people say to me, like, you can't manifest a baby. Yeah, like I did have a mood board. I did vision Beth. She was exactly how she looked. I done all them things because it helped my mind through my cycles. So if you don't believe in manifesting, that's okay. That's fine. But what you do need to believe in is the faith for yourself and the belief in yourself. So that for me actually is manifesting, you know, and whatever it is, it could be that dream car. You need to see it. You need to see it to believe it, whether it's in your mind or in front of you on a piece of paper or on Pinterest. You need to see that so that when you're having your bad day, you will remember why you started. You'll remember. You'll remember. Like when I was down and out and didn't know where to turn, I said, you know, remember why you started. The end goal is, is to have a baby, is to be a mom. Just try and pick yourself back up. Um, yeah, so I think like using tools to help you through your journey is the key, really is. So that takes us on to, so we've had this struggle for years and this takes us to where I saw your now pretty much viral Instagram post the other day. Tell us about that. Tell us what's just happened. So what happened was my, my business partner um, with Voodoo Hair, we, we had an event up in Belfast through the COVID and it didn't go to plan. So it was quite a stressful time, not really for me, but um, my friends and like my business colleagues and stuff had a really rocky week or two, which you know yourself when people are hurting around you you know, it's it's a hurtful time. So I actually went to stay with my mom and dad. Where else do you go? Where else? Who else do you turn to? Go down, yeah. mommy. <laughs> so um, my dad said to me, Denise, did you have periods? And I said, no. He said, there's, like, there's blood on the bed. He went in to make my bed. And I said, like, dad, I haven't had a period. It's not me, you know. My mom said, well, it's certainly not me because I'm in the menopause, you know. And <laughs> Later on that day, I was in the toilet and there was a spot of blood and I actually just thought it was stress. So I contacted my clinic because and a few of my friends and said, I'm after having, this was kind of three days, a very, very light spot. And you've got to remember, my husband has never been with me when I've had a period. So, wow, like, yeah, like, so, um, I mean, we wouldn't even have family tells in my home, like, you know. So that was kind of like three days of light spot. And I did tell the clinic because at this stage, me and Mark at the end of the summer had said, look, let's take a long break. Like we were so blissfully happy. Um, definitely through lockdown was the best time for me. I haven't felt as good since I was a teenager um, in myself. In everything wow. around. That's amazing. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely think I, like I, I was, I, I am so content, obviously. But it was a time when I went, you know what? I love my life. And I'm going to be honest, it was the first time that I really said that from my heart. Like when I went back to the salon, maybe October, November, I can't remember when I went back. I was so happy and content. All the people in my circle, my circle grew so tight last year, but so strong. So everyone in my circle, my family, there wasn't a person that didn't benefit me or I didn't benefit them. There wasn't a person that in my life that I tried to avoid. 
probably because I changed my reactions to people as well. Yeah. So I was yeah. really content. So anyway, around the, 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 the clinic and told them all about it. And they said, look, we'll see what happens in November. Sure, nothing came in November or December or January. Uh, February, March, and then in the, I was starting to put on a bit of weight, and it was so funny because I joined with a trainer in April, and on the twenty second, the fourth, I sent him my before pictures, and I said, like, I've never had a flabby belly. I've been every weight, and um, I've been a size fourteen and a size eight. Um, I've been seven and a half stone, and I've been like thirteen stone. So I've fluctuated all my life, right? But I've never had any weight on my belly. Like my shape is always hippie, bum, legs, I'm very small top. And I said, look at my belly like. And he was like, right, okay. So I would be quite fit and active. I do like sweets and stuff as well. But I would always like walk and work out and walk with my friends and stuff. And four weeks before I found out I was pregnant, I started a diet with a food company because I just was like, what is like where's all this weight coming from my shape has changed I said to my little sister my shape is just changing like no idea that I was pregnant you've got to remember I've had 10 years of infertility like so um oh when I think back to it now went to my GP my stomach started to swell so like now the fat was starting to be swelling the fat was starting to be swelling like when I when I think about it now I'm like (laughs) You're a Sudanese, but anyway, went to my GP. My GP examined me. I would have been 25 or 26 weeks at this stage. This is insane. She got me up on the bed. You can imagine how she feels right now. Like it's a human error. Like, you know, she knows my history. So I went up on the bed, felt all around. I said, like, I haven't went to the toilet and I say three and a half weeks. She's like, yeah, loads of gas. Like she tapped down in my belly. I said, like, I can't even pass. Can't even pass pill. Can't even pass any pill, right? She put, a light, <laughs> she put a light up my bum and her finger up my bum to make sure there was no li- like, liaison, like cuts or, you know, that wasn't why I was going to the toilet and all. And gave me the clean prep that you get before the camera. So, and gave me Marbacol. Now, the next day, I'd done the clean prep. So, drinking 250 mils uh, every 10 minutes. I've had that. I have had that because I've got Crohn's disease. And I cannot imagine doing that 20-something weeks pregnant. That is I was, a fucking... When I think about it now, I was actually about... I actually was about 27 weeks. <gasps> but listen, right? It's so funny. So, I said to... Mark was working. So, I said to him, I'm going to have to come over with Beth because... um. If I'm like need to go to the toilet, my mom is across the road from me. I said, like, if I need to go to the toilet for like six hours or whatever, because you know yourself. I said, I'll need somebody there, like obviously. So that was grand. Headed over to my mom. I finished all the sachets, barely went to the toilet. So weird, right? Oh. Next morning, got up and done my 5 a.m. one. When I said I didn't go to the toilet, it was all like water, fluid. And I was like, I need to go for a poo. <laughs> I need to go for poos. My stomach is so bloated. I need to get rid of this bloatness, right? So anyway, long story short, I didn't take the mob call because I was like, the sachet hasn't scared me. He referred me to Klein Hospital. I got my appointment for the camera up and down me for the following Thursday. So they told me, look at weight, just do another clean prep following Wednesday grand not a butter lying down do my yoga the next morning and next of all my belly button and I know my back and my belly button pops and I just feel a boot 
And I was like, there's an actual human being inside of me. Oh, my God. I was like, but I knew in that second that I was pregnant. But I actually feel like I wasn't pregnant before that, that I literally got a 26-week or a 27-week-old baby because I can't even tell you any times other than the three or four weeks leading up to this that there was ever an inkling that I was pregnant. Now, on Beth, I never had any symptoms, only for I was 20 grand in debt. And, <laughs> you know, it was IVF. I had nothing. I had nothing. And I was very neat up and, you know, I was obviously much smaller back then than now. And like was all, but yeah. So I rang my IVF clinic, my doctor, Luda, and I said, can I come up for it? It was a Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. I said, can I come up for a scan? And she said, yeah, come up on Monday. So I went up on Monday and I said, Luda, like the only time in the last like year that I've had a bleed was October last year. So she brought me in and done the strobe up me, you know, up your vagina. And she said, wrong room, into the other room, because obviously you can only have it over your belly, you know, when you're a cat. Yeah. Yeah. So she said, yeah. 26 plus weeks but I knew that I was that far because I knew it was October like I just you know when you just even though I didn't know but obviously when I realized I was pregnant I knew I was like it was that it was that time was Um, it just like did it feel just better than winning the lottery like did you straight away because I feel like I've had these certain moments in my life where you're like oh my God, something that I have manifested into reality and it's almost inconceivable. Did you have a moment of, I live for those fucking moments. Did you, were you like, this is it? This I is felt it. like, I felt like my life had just clicked. I was lying on the bed and I was like, this is it. Like, this is, I do believe in miracles. I always have believed in miracles. I believe in science as well, because obviously I have Beth. But I felt like I had lived my last year to build this moment. Yeah. And I felt it was a totally different feeling than when I found out I was pregnant and Beth. That was an ecstatic feeling. This was a feeling of calmness and like... My life had just went, there you go. I had done for Lent um, 40 days of kindness. Instead of giving up something, I had done 40 days of kindness, where I done, me and Beth done an act of kindness every day for 40 days. Wow, that's very and powerful. So, yeah, it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful 40 days. I can't even tell you how much I enjoyed them 40 days, right? So I done a little another way everyone does like 40 days of walking and they do the steps. I done 40 days of kindness. So it would have been on day four or five, I was struggling to find tasks to do for kindness to people. I was like, what am I gonna do next? And then as I I was like, isn't that mad that we could think of like 40 things to buy or 40 things to walk or 40 things, but we can't think of 40 acts of kindness to do in 40 days. That is mental. So me and Beth done it. And then after kind of day 12, it was, you know, rolling off our back. We'd make a bun for a neighbor. We'd pick flowers for somebody else. We'd go into a coffee shop and need four euro. Like simple, tiny little things. Sending cards out to my team. 
sending a postcard in Ireland we had these like free postcards you could get in the post office through the coronavirus and postcards to our family members all just little simple things and I actually believe that them for the act of kindness was like somebody's act back to me or something I I believe that if I hadn't lived the last year of my life the way I did that I wouldn't be in this position today oh I believe that 100%. When when you're yeah. saying about that 40-day practice, I find that so interesting because have you ever done um, The Magic by Rhonda Byrne? No. So that's a 28-day gratitude practice. And if ever my life gets to the point where I'm like, I just can't go on like for some reason or another maybe trying to manifest a pregnancy or a partner or whatever it might be like when coronavirus hit and I lost every I lost all my income in four days the salon closed everything closed and I I just bought a new house so I had two mortgages and a salon lease single parent and pregnant with twins and I thought I don't know how life can get any worse right now I I thought I was going to lose my home and anytime like that kind of situation, I advise anyone to do this 28 days of gratitude. And people, I think, feel like sometimes when they have a particular problem, they want to work on the problem. So like for yours, for example, you'd be like, right, I'm going to phone the adoption agency. I'm going to look at fertility foods. But actually, sometimes just stepping back and focusing on something like 40 days of kindness or 28 days of gratitude, it's doing less, but attracting more it's incredible 100%. how it works it's it's absolutely insane um so the now you've saying said that, that yeah, yeah the biggest thing that I think is like attracts like yes it's so simple so powerful you will attract what you are so if you are attracting negative people sorry love you are a negative person if I'm like I'm sorry and sometimes it does take a little bit of hard love for people to tell us and you know even if they do tell us we won't believe them you have to realize it yourself oh yeah you the amount of people I've tried to tell about the law of attraction like I have the most negative family members some of the, not all of them but just like my dad and stuff the amount of times I've tried to tell him I've give up and that's why I have a podcast now because I just tell people that want to listen <laughs> so actually yeah, which, which books yeah. did you read because I know that you attribute a lot of this to the books that you read which ones oh, yeah. would you recommend for people so like the chimp paradox, I think, is brilliant. Like, I, I do think, like, there's not just one book. I definitely think there is a few books that will lead you to the end book. Because people say to me all the time, oh, I tried that book and I couldn't read it. I'm like, you weren't you weren't ready for it. Yeah. You need to go back a few steps. So I definitely um, think Atomic Habits, just for that little tiny 1%. That. Yeah. We have just done that in our book club. We have a monthly book club and we just finished Atomic Habits. And I think that is a lot of people said that's the most life changing book that they've done. Just because of the small incremental steps. I I don't think it's about making one massive change or going to one seminar or doing one. It's just those little things, isn't it? That's insane. Okay. So I definitely think that that one would be one of the first for me to to recommend for somebody to read. And the chimp paradox just because your mind your mind I always say to people your mind doesn't know if it's fact or fiction so if you're looking in that mirror and telling your mind that you're pregnant you know every single day your mind starts to believe you'll start to live like a pregnant woman you'll start to believe it 
same for anything. If you're you tell your mind you're a millionaire and you know you've got so much wealth and all that, it starts to live. You tell your mind you're a fat mess that's a failure, it will believe it. So your mind does not know between facts and fiction. So I think the Chim Paradox is a really good book to learn how because it's so hard. We're so hard on ourselves. Like you make one simple mistake and you're literally on top of yourself for about two weeks. Mm. I see people eating one chocolate bar and they're like fucking they're on this Instagram saying I went off my diet today at Twix and I'm like like you need to work on the chim paradox like you know yeah and you need yeah. to be able to realize that you're not your failures the fail that you had yesterday is not your fail that you're gonna have today so whether you've had traumatic incidents happen to you in your life it doesn't mean that today you need to carry them forward for today you know, you need to leave it in, in yesterday. I'm not talking about, you know, huge things. And then the mind, the, what's it? My favorite one is it's mind, he's, it's mind valley. It's the six steps, but it's, um, the extraordinary minds. Is that what it's called? Extraordinary minds. I have it on my live. I, I'm after getting a blank there now, but basically what I took out of that book was the six steps. And if I hadn't read atomic, habit I wouldn't have been able to do the six steps so the six steps I broke them down I done one every day for two weeks and then I added number two in and I done that for two weeks and I added number three in and I done it for do you know two weeks because if you if you give somebody six steps to do that hasn't gratitude or forgiveness or you know believes in blessings you're not going to stick to it so although that was the big book for me, I still believe if I hadn't have done the other books beforehand, that that wouldn't have worked for me, if that makes sense. Oh, they definitely all build on each other, don't they? I yeah. found that. I, I've, I'm one of these people, I have like a Law of Attraction podcast, but I probably read like two Law of Attraction books 10 years ago, and I was just regurgitating that same stuff in my mind. And over the last, it's since December, we're now on our sixth book. We do a book a month. And I can't tell you how much my life has changed just from reading these books. It's not a thousand dollar seminar. It's just books and they all build on each other. And it's free. I mean, virtually free. Like what is a book? Like $7.99. It's virtually free. And it has, I'm, I believe in the power of books. Um, what do you think as well? I am a big believer in buying a token item, like taking an actual action, either spending some money or physically going to a shop. Like whenever I've wanted to manifest a baby, I've always gone and bought a yeah. little item and I've hung it. It's, there's something about handing over the money, purchasing it, hanging it up. And um, we actually do a manifesting candle as well called This Smells Like My New Baby. And I can't tell you oh. the number of people that have messaged me like with a pregnancy test next to it saying it's worked. And it's like, because you took a step, you took a step of clicking by, do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what you buy. When you bought that, you've believed. Yep. You took a when step. When you spent and- your money. I have, I have a little baby girl saying little, little brother from like when Beth, when I went on my 18 month cycle, like I have a little brother and little sister. Um, but yeah, when you go into a shop, so you've actually prepared to do this. So when you go online to buy a candle that says mom or baby, you have believed that this is going to happen. Why else would you want this object in your home? You didn't just buy it to not use it. You bought that because you believed this was your next step. I love the idea of the candle because 
you could sit down and visualize lighting the candle, calm time, going to bed, or first thing when you wake up in the morning. I had a bump book when I was doing IVF on Beth. So the words bump, that was my next step. So every morning when I woke up, all I seen was the word bump. Right. And that was my manifest. It was like a little journal just sitting on my locker. And yeah, I really think that's amazing. Whatever your journey is to have just like a word or a vision or a book or a candle, something that will give you significance. A little token item. I yeah. played a risky little game, actually. When I found out I was having twins, I, for a number of reasons, never wanted boys. When we were younger, we were told that we couldn't have boys and they have muscular dystrophy and that we'd have to have an abortion and all this kind of stuff. It turned out not to be true, but we always grew up believing that. So I very am fearful of having boys. Luckily, I have three girls now. Um, and when I found out I was having twins, I bought a whole load of items from this woman that was selling all of her matching twin girl clothes. And I didn't even know what they were yet, but I was like, I am committed to spending nearly a hundred pounds on these clothes. I'm going to have sitting in my house. (laughs) And (laughs) they were girls. Yeah. So I think just taking that action that, you know, there is action in the law of attraction and taking that step and committing your money or committing your time to do something that, will ensure your result but I'm sure that this is going to be so inspiring to so many women I have so many people so many listeners on this podcast who are trying to manifest a pregnancy and trying to manifest a baby and so I'm sure thank you so much for coming because it will be so inspiring thank you for giving fertility a voice because like I said it's such a lonely experience women are hiding themselves going into IVF clinics they don't want people to know they are struggling with finance they feel ashamed of something that you know people can do so naturally yet they're not and it's such a big burden on their relationships with their partners their friends their family it's such a hard time and if you're a fertility survivor out there and whether you're the mom or the sister or the actual person just know that you can do it if I can do it you can do it yes so you can say that I'm not allowed to but you can say it and that's why I'm why? So glad to why I think that 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 that's ridiculous like I think everyone's journeys are significant to each other and I think that we need to kind of abolish the thing about saying oh I can't speak about that because to be honest with you I, I get it it's not my journey like I wouldn't come on and speak about say cancer because I've never been on that road so I, I haven't lived it but I do think most people's journey can be adapted into anybody else's and it's as hurtful to you and it's significant to you as it is to someone else so don't I feel like as women we diminish our journeys and we say oh there's people a lot worse out there than us but that's not true either what someone else could be going through could actually be very little to them in their life or could mean very little to them in their life and something tiny could be hugely traumatic for somebody else. So don't ever think that because you only had one miscarriage or because you only struggled with secondary infertility and you already were lucky enough to have two kids, don't think that you can't speak about your journey in such a way that anybody else can speak about theirs because you're as important and your journey is as important as anybody else's. Yeah, it's still your struggle, isn't it? It, Like you say, when people are like, oh, there's people worse off. It's like, no, it's still your struggle and you're allowed to have that. 
Um, thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to plug at all? Anything you want to, how do we find you on social media so we can follow your amazing journey and anything you want to plug? Um, no, there's nothing I want to plug, only um, I hope somebody who's feeling down and feeling like they can't go on, I hope that they has given them a little bit of motivation or inspiration to know that they can. That's If that message gets across, then I'm happy out. And my Instagram is always open. My personal page is Denise underscore Beth Phillips. And um, my DMs are always open. I, I love to hear people. I, I'm very privileged in hearing people's journeys. And I and I so appreciate anybody who takes the time to reach out to share their journey with me. Because I know it is not easy to share that part of your journey. So, yeah, that's it. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm sure I'll do a different outro. I don't know how that's going <laughs> to Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope that you've found that inspirational. Um, I hope it's given you hope if you are on your own fertility journey and you can find Denise on Instagram. I'll leave her link down below. Um, I'll also leave a link to the manifesting candles and I will see you next week. The law of attraction has changed my life. It's going to change yours too. Bye. What up, bitches? It's no secret that reading has changed my goddamn life. I think it's incredible that people put their entire life's work, their teachings into a book that often costs less than £10. It's incredible to me. And I am so thankful to all of the authors that have helped me on my self-development journey. And, you know, I have the UK's biggest self-development book club. There's over 3,000 of us reading along each month. But maybe you're thinking, Fran, I ain't got time to read. Who do you think I am? Barbara Cartland? No, you are busy. You are girl bossing it. You are living your goddamn life. And I get that. I see that. I hear it and I value it. And that's where Audible can come in. If you find yourself only with the time to be able to listen to something, but to not sit and physically hold a book, maybe you have a physical job like um, cleaning or whatever, where you are using your hands or maybe you're a crafter. And you want to be able to just listen to something and to learn on the go. Or maybe you're driving a lot and you're able to listen to a book, but you know, it's illegal to read a book and drive, bitches. Don't try it. Then Audible may be for you. I have a 30 day free trial that you can have a little go at and see if it's for you. You can download millions of books to your phone or to your laptop or whatever you fucking want and listen to it wherever you are. Um, So check it out. Um, I'll leave the link down below. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com